Let us help you reach your peak in retirement. It's time for Your Retirement Elevated. Well, hello and welcome to another edition of Your Retirement Elevated. We've got a great show on the way for you today. Walter Storholt alongside Scott Dugan, co-founder and managing partner at Elevated Retirement Group, serving you throughout the Kansas City metro area, but also serving clients all across the country. You can find us online by going to listentoscott.com, listen to past episodes of the podcast there, and don't forget to subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Scott, thanks for joining us this week once again. How are you, sir? I'm wonderful. The weather's getting a little bit warmer, so the sun is out. So it's a positive thing. And you can tell in my voice that the pollen has been out a little <laughs> yes. bit as well. So you, I, I feel for you. It's that's probably headed our way. So we uh, may spend the next few podcasts with uh, pollen <laughs> voice over here carrying on. So try to bear with me through that. But you know, it probably doesn't sound too bad. But you know, to somebody who uses their voice as an instrument, you know, it's it's it throws you off a little bit. So it's something we must overcome. I'm sure you know the feeling. You've done lots of educational classes in your time and you host radio too. So I, I know that you know the feeling when, when your voice isn't well, it's not like you can just sit and type away on the computer. You still got to find a way to talk usually. Yeah, it can be tough. And I've, I've lost my voice and I've lost my voice in the middle of a class before. So I do have empathy for you in this situation. I need to go find an outtake that I saved many, many years ago. One of my first full-time jobs out of college was hosting this uh, morning show for a local radio station. And I, I didn't know at the time, but I had mono kind of randomly and weird at like 21 years old or two or whatever I was at that age, all of a sudden just randomly ended up with mono. I think it was because I was working 90 hour weeks at this radio station, but that's another story for another day. And so like my throat closes up overnight and I can barely breathe. I can barely swallow. It's so bad. The worst sore throat I'd ever had. But I'm on like the 6 a.m. shift to host the morning news the next morning. And it's like 4 a.m. by the time that I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't think I can do this. And so like I call and leave messages on three people's phones, but like who's going to answer the phone at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning for a small radio <laughs> station, you know? So I roll in there and I go to host the show and I haven't talked to anybody because it's just me awake at 6 a.m. I'm solo at the radio station. I go on air. It's the funniest outtake because I open my mouth to talk for the first time and it's it literally sounds... Well, good morning, and welcome to the morning news. It was coming out so funny. And then my boss, I guess, eventually was the first one to wake up and hear it. And he called me and he was like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? I've, I've called so-and-so. They're on the way in to take over for you. So I only had to make it through like a half an hour, and I just ran as many commercials as I could. But Well, Walter, I promise I will try to talk as much as possible today and let you have a rest your voice. Well, you can hear me rambling on. I don't think we're going to have that problem today on the on the show, but I figured you'd appreciate the funny the funny story there. i yes. got to find that outtake, though, and play it for you next time. It's pretty, Love it. pretty good stuff. Well, on today's podcast, what people are tuning in for, I'm sure, is when they saw the headline of today's show and are curious to learn about ROR, Return on Retirement, and this concept that's kind of been put forth by a well-renowned financial person, David Bach. And I'm looking forward to hearing what you've got to talk about in this matter on today's show. Kind of a different way of viewing retirement preparation and the attitude toward prepping for our financial future. Scott, what makes you want to talk about this today? Well, I was at an event not too long ago out in Denver, and David Bach, who's a well-known, sells millions of copies of his financial and retirement books, he started off his presentation as a big group of financial planners, and he said, our industry for the last 100 years has done a disservice to investors and retirees. 
and we're all like, whoa, this is starting out a little rough. <laughs> and he said, what I mean by that is the whole industry is hyper-focused on return on investment. So what is your rate of return? What's the average rate of return? And it really does get fixated on that. Now, yes, returns are important, right? But it's important in the context of what people really want to do when they're retired. And you've heard me say it several times on the podcast is that, you know, retirement, you only get one shot doing it right. There's no do-overs in retirement. And retirement could be 10, 20, 30, 40 years of unemployment. And it's all driven by cash flow. And what I think people really want to do is they want to make sure they're getting a return on retirement, meaning they want to have the experiences, they want to do the things that are important to them so they can still feel like they're you know, giving back, spending time with friends, family, getting to travel, and just living life on their terms. And that's what, I'd, what he explained about return on retirement. And he broke it down into different stages of retirement. I thought it was very interesting. So I've got my notes out here, and I wanted to go through those because I think it was, it was extremely impactful for me, and I think it'll be extremely impactful for our listeners. A shift of what we should be focusing on. I like it. It is. And, and I can tell you, I, I share this with you. I, unfortunately, in 2018, I lost four clients, and that's tough because we've got very good relationships with our clients. And... It hit me hard, and it was all within about a, a four-month period of time. And I can tell you that three of those clients were under 65, and one was 70. Oh, man. And fortunately, the folks that were younger all had retired fairly early and were actively doing things that they wanted to do. Some were traveling, some were volunteering, you know, some were doing things with family, but they, once they retired, they hit the ground running and were doing a lot of the things they had delayed and put off. And unfortunately, it got cut, cut short. And that's, that's sad, you know, think through that. And the one gentleman within three weeks of retiring, you know, he passed away. And I'm not saying this to bring you down. I know that's a, you know, a heavy subject. But I think it really made me take a step back and and really reevaluate, make sure, am I doing things on a daily basis that are truly enriching my life, enriching my client's life, my family's life, my friends? And are we conveying a message to our clients to go out, do the things that you want to do, experience the things that you want to experience? And the great thing about being you know fiscally conservative and being a good saver is that at the end you know you get into retirement and hopefully you've saved a pretty good nest egg but the hardest part for people that are great savers is it's hard for them to spend it and the reason it's hard to sometimes spend it or let go of it because it it fulfills a need it fulfills a level of certainty in your life that you've got this cushion and for some people it gives them options. They see money as a resource to be able to do the things they want to do, or you know, they can say no to things they don't want to do. And I can relate to that. I, I have a cushion in my checking account where it gets below a certain number. I get a little cranky. You can just ask my wife because I like surplus. I like options that are out there. And so when I talk to our clients, you know, and it, and I've shared this with a few of my clients, I say, you know, what is it that you really want to do? 
to enjoy yourself for retirement? What would make it valuable? And I sometimes ask the question, I said, if you know, if we're sitting here three years from now in this very room and we're looking back over the previous three years, what would have had to have happened over the last three years to make it worthwhile, to make sure that you're excited and you're fulfilled? And that usually stimulates some pretty good conversations. And I think I would, as you're listening to this, I would pose that question to you. You know, three years from now, if you're sitting there looking back on the previous 36 months, did you fill that time with as much things as possible that added value to you or someone else's life? Did you get maximum enjoyment out of those things? Because again, life, life can be short. And when we think about those retirement stages, that's what I really want to break down today is give you a glimpse of what usually happens in these certain time frames, you know, certain age brackets. And that first stage of retirement, and that could be as early as maybe 60 up through 75. So it could be, a, you know, a, a to a 15 year period of time where we call that the go-go phase of retirement. And Walter, I'm sure you've heard that before. On the move, hopefully, right? On, on the move. Yes. You're, you're doing those things. And usually that first five to 10 years of retirement, that's when you're taking those trips, you know, super active, because what do you have, hopefully, in those first several years of retirement, you've got the gift of energy and enthusiasm, right, and health. And so that's why we call those the go-go years. You know, those are the taking the safari, if you're inclined to do that, you know, taking the, the trip and hiking through the national parks, um, you know, just those things that take a little more energy and a little more pep to be able to do those things. So that's really that 60 to 75 or the go-go period of time. And for a lot of us, that's going to be your highest output of cash flow, or meaning you're probably going to consume a higher rate of your retirement dollars in those go-go years because you're out doing those things. If you're taking a bunch of trips, you're putting miles on your vehicle, you're probably going to buy a few new cars or new to you anyway, or you're taking cruises or you know air travel, whatever it may be. But once you get to that 75 to 85 stage, we call that the slower go, you know, for some people. Now, I want to put a caveat in here. I've got clients that are in their late 70s, early 80s. They still have the gift of health and they're go, go, go still. All right. My uh, grandparents just stopped by for a visit. They're in their mid to late 80s now. I think 86, 87, somewhere in that range. Just stopped by visiting as they were passing through on their way back from a cross country trip. So <laughs> it's pretty yeah, amazing. It's, oh, it, it is. You know, my, I talk about my grandfather quite a bit. He's in his 90s. You know, unfortunately, he just had to give up golf last year oh. because of his vision. As a, he can't see the ball. But up into his you know early 90s he was still driving to the golf course two or three times a week in the in the good weather probably still hitting better numbers than i would so he could uh he could take my brother and i to town let me tell you <laughs> to go but for most of us that 75 85 is going to be the slower go years just because hopefully you've ticked a lot of things off the bucket list there's just not as many things to do yet you're still interactive interacting with you know friends family charities you know church whatever it may be but you're still engaged and then that third stage that 85 to 100 we call that the won't go stage 
And usually the person that won't go is usually the husband in that relationship. Uh, if your lady's listening, you know this probably to be true. And it's not because they don't want to. Now, of course, there's some men that don't want to travel, but maybe they just don't feel like it, don't have the energy, or maybe they've, you know, have an ailment that they just won't go on those trips. So I always stress to make sure that, you know, you do those things that are important to you check those bucket items off the list and probably the most important thing that we do here in our firm is we help our clients see a future that's bigger than their past meaning we want you to have things that you're looking forward to that are full of opportunity excitement and you know the what ifs get you up out of bed and you know, that's important, and that's important to us to make sure that we can help inspire our clients to do that. Because we've all probably known someone that they retire or slow down, and it's always about looking backwards and reliving yesteryear, you know, the, the times that were better. And it's kind of the Al Bundy in the high school football story. <laughs> you know, he, he scored a lot of touchdowns in high school. But from a serious note, I mean, that a lot of people today when viewing retirement, they're seen as a, an opportunity to transition into this next phase of life where they can truly do more of the things that truly feed their soul and either enrich their lives or they're enriching others' lives, which help them. An example, you know, we're very fortunate we had a lot of clients show up for we've got a local organization called harvesters here in the kansas city area and it's a food bank and it's a massive food bank and they they deliver meals with i think a 13 county radius of, of the metro area and they've got a program that's very near and dear to our hearts it's called a snack pack uh, program for kids and it's basically they on fridays you know kids all over the city get a backpack full of food and Fortunately, they'll have food over the weekend, but unfortunately, they're in a situation where that food is what sustains them when they're not at school. And that's hard for me to fathom. Uh, I can look back into my life and never, never remember a time where we had to worry about where our next meal came from. But we had a big group of clients that came together. You know, we packed almost 3,000 uh, meals in a two-hour period, and it's a small little dent, but we know that those backpacks are going to be appreciated, and our clients are very enthusiastic. It was, you know, we hustled for two hours, but at the end, we were always talking. Everybody's talking about that this would be great to do again. We hope you guys do it again. They're looking towards the future and wanting to be more positive and have an impact, and so I think that's fantastic. And one of the things that, you know, drives me, and a lot of you, if you've known me for a while, I, I talk about my family and my grandparents a lot. And with my grandmother, it'd be on my mother's side, very fortunate that the first several years of my life, you know, when I was bored up and going to kindergarten, I got dropped off at her house. And I spent the day with her while my parents were at work. And 
My grandmother was very unique. She was a fantastic cook. She was a gardener. She was an outdoors person. She loved to hike and camp and she liked to go fishing. She did woodworking. So she's very, very talented, really, very diverse. And so she exposed me to a lot of things in the world. And I can remember as I got older, she was always talk about, you know, trips that we would take places we would go and she took me to the mountains and her little camper on her little brown and tan chevy truck had her little camper on top there and we just went all over the place so she always was promoting this idea of we're going to go do these great things the future is going to be bigger than the past let's have something to look forward to so that always inspired me that she was always that enthusiastic about about experiencing life you don't hear about the uh, woodworking grandmother very often, so that is unique. It is, and my parents, you know, purchased the the family home, and actually, my we've got all those woodworking tools in my dad's shop now, so it's pretty cool to still still have all those around. It's not I've got grandpa's table saw; it's I've got grandma's you know table and miter saw hanging around. Right yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is. Exactly. And, you know, she worked hard, did all those things, raised six kids. And my grandfather had the Archway cookie route. And so he delivered the Archway cookies, you know, to all the grocery stores. He owned a territory. And then he managed service stations, usually at night. He worked two jobs. They had six kids. And so he was always a hard worker. And, you know, unfortunately, around age 61, he found out he had cancer and got sick and spent about a year and a half, almost two years, stayed at home. My grandmother took care of him and, you know, he passed away in the home, but my grandmother was the caretaker. And I know that she wanted to do that. I know that my grandfather was appreciative that she did that for him. But at the end of that time, what had happened is that that drained her energy that drained her enthusiasm and candidly drained a lot of their assets, you know, their, their cushion. And I just remember that, you know, that was in 1986, he passed away and my grandmother passed away in 2003. And from that time forward, the idea of looking forward, the future being bigger than her, her past wasn't the case. And I can just remember going over to see her and she, always wanted to look through pictures and look she collected a lot of photo albums and pictures and she always wanted to talk back and look backwards and talk about the times that she had the person that she was and things she's experienced over her life and celebrating those which is a good thing but she never really got to add to those things you know so she passed away at 79 and i'm very fortunate we got to do a lot of very exciting things as a as a as a young child uh, but i look back and i wish she would have had uh, that 1986 2003 i wish she would have had a better experience you know wish you had a little more go 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 in there unfortunately she didn't get to have those things so again not to be too serious on you today but i want to stress the idea that you know retirement is a time where if we've done good planning and you've set yourself up accordingly, you can go out and do those things that you always wanted to do. You can go have those experiences. Uh, you can, as long as you've got the resources to fund those things. And if you're one of our clients or have listened to this podcast, you've, you've been a good saver, so you've got those resources. 
our job is to help you focus on what's important to you and make sure you're getting to take advantage of those things. Uh, like I say, when you've got the energy and the vitality to do it, it's our job to take care of the details. It's our job to be proactive and walk you through these different phases of retirement and through life. So again, one is again, a topic that's a little bit sobering, but I, and the takeaway of this, I wanted to be very positive and think that you get one shot at the perfect retirement, and it's definitely within your grasp to do that. It just takes focus and clarity and making sure that you know what you want to experience, and we want you to have things that you're excited about and things that get you up in the morning and motivated to go out and experience those things and live the life you truly want to live. That's the message I hope you take away from today. It's a good message, certainly, and I know that uh, you know a lot of people like that idea. Like, let's keep looking forward. I think it's a good mentality to have, not only from a financial perspective, but just an overall you know lifestyle thing when we're approaching retirement and getting into it. Let's keep that throughout the process. I think that's something that both of my sets of grandparents, who I'm still very uh, fortunate to have in my life, have you know held near and dear to them is to always be looking forward, talking about, hey, the next time we get out there. They often talk about, even though it seems like maybe they've made their last cross-country trip. Well, we kind of thought that, you know, a year or two ago. And, you know, but they would always talk about, well, we'll go again. And then they ended up going again. You know, they always had that good attitude that they would go out again to Arizona and, and do their cross-country trip and see Yellowstone one more time. And, and maybe even again after that, you know, they'll probably be trying to do it next year. They're always sort of pushing the envelope to do those kinds of things. And I think that's inspiring and and pretty neat. So I like that story about your uh, grandmother who was able to do those things, but certainly wished there could have been some planning or some foresight to be able to do even more because why not if we can? Let's take advantage of those opportunities. Uh, if you've got any questions for Scott about your own financial plan, you want to make sure that you can set up the kind of financial life that you desire and want to get answers to all of the questions that you have about your financial situation, you can reach out a few different ways. Go to listen to scott.com. You'll find out ways to contact us through the website there. You can also call 913-393-4724. That's 913-393-4724 to get in touch that way as well. Scott, thanks for the help as always. And uh, we'll have another good podcast soon. Looking forward to it. For Scott, I am Walter. Thank you so much for joining us. And we'll talk to you next time on Your Retirement Elevated. Investment advisory services offered through Elevated Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor.